Whether you're an athlete pushing for maximum performance, a weekend warrior who wants to look as strong as you feel, or want to improve your general health and wellness, nailing down your nutrition is a big part of getting you there. The expert coaches at Working Against Gravity are here to help you navigate it all. We've worked with over 30,000 clients, and our team of certified nutrition coaches has years of experience helping people just like you reach their fitness and aesthetic goals. We'll match you with a one-on-one coach who will provide a personalized macronutrient plan, weekly expert guidance, and the accountability you need to get results and sustain them long-term. No more unsustainable crash diets or flavor of the month internet fads. WAG's evidence-based, flexible approach fits any lifestyle and will help you develop the skills, habits, and mindset you need to maximize your health and performance while achieving your goals. Head to workingagainstgravity.com and click join now to read about our two-tier options, Nutrition Coaching Essentials and Nutrition Coaching Plus with video calls. Then use coupon code INSIDEWAG to receive $50 off your first month. Get the needle moving today with Working Against Gravity. The average Joe that that doesn't have a background or knowledge on on what what makes up certain foods, uh, protein, carbs, fats, all that good stuff, and, and portions, um, they're going to struggle. They're going to yeah. struggle. Agreed. And I mean, that's what we talked about earlier. It's like when you're able to to leverage that knowledge and those routines and those habits, intuitive eating is a much more straightforward prospect. One, two. Right. Hey gang, welcome to another episode of the Working Against Gravity. I'm sorry. <laughs> I already messed it up. <laughs> Cut. Hey, cuts. <laughs> oh my inside goodness. wag. <laughs> the inside yeah. wag. All right. Three, two, one. Hey gang, what's going on? Welcome to the Inside Wag Nutrition Podcast. I am Josh. And I am Chris. And today we have a fellow coach, Mitch Lockhart, on the podcast. Welcome, Mitch. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me by. Yeah. Um, for those of you that might actually work with Mitch currently or um, are interested in uh, getting involved with working against gravity and getting some coaching, uh, Mitch uh, will have a podcast coming out in just a few short weeks, and you'll get to learn a little bit more about him and his background. Uh, which is really exciting. He's got a fascinating story to share. Um, but today, the three of us are going to be talking about a topic that we get asked about constantly, and that is, can you be successful without tracking macros? Or another way of thinking about this is doing mindful or intuitive eating. And so we're going to talk about that, um, and I'll just go ahead and say it right now. The answer is no. You can't. <laughs> and of course, gang, that is a, that is a big joke. Uh, thank you guys for laughing. Uh, that is that is not true. Um, there's a ton of different ways uh, that you can be successful uh, with your diet and being healthy and living a healthy lifestyle um, without having to be glued to your phone or ha- using a food scale or doing any of the things that. Um, uh, we really like to uh, generally promote when you start working with us. And I think the key word there is start because yeah, I think absolutely. all three of us would agree that when you start tracking your food and you start paying attention to what you're eating, you learn so much. And that information is absolutely vital uh, to making the transition into doing intuitive eating. Um, would you guys agree with that? 
Yes. Yeah, abso- yeah. absolutely, man. Absolutely. Those, those, the first, the first, I'd say month to month and a half or a bit of trial by fire, you've got a ton of information coming at you at once and it can seem a bit overwhelming, but once you settle into a groove, um, you really find that the world is your oyster. You just, you just got to have that knowledge base first to be able to apply those principles to, to yeah. see success. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, um, I relate it to, we talk about like, you know, what gets measured gets managed. And that's the big takeaway from monitoring your calorie intake, knowing where you're spending your budget of calories and how you're spending that budget and whether or not you're making wise investments <laughs> or not. And, yeah. and then that return on that investment based on like how you feel, how your energy is, uh, becoming familiar with the content of what food is and what food is comprised of. And knowing what what food sources are carb centric, what foods are protein centric, fat centric, all that stuff, and it builds a database of knowledge, like Mitch said, for you to then deploy in real world settings, working intuitively without the precision of tracking, uh, because you have essentially created this visual acuity and this visual d- database of like roughly how much is enough, and you can kind of go buy things as if you were tracking without the tracking but kind of doing the same thing you would be if you were being more precise and actually logging all this stuff right yeah yeah so it's an earned thing yeah i i think that chris you've talked about this in a couple of your facebook lives that we used to do pretty often and um Mm. we may have touched on on another episode actually but um the way that you look at it in particular you know have the the earning of that is, is a really important piece because, you know, I'm sure that you guys have gotten this as much as I have. And I know other coaches have too, whether they're a WAG coach or not, but, um, people just assume that they can intuitively eat and make the same sort of progress that they would, um, as if they were like tracking everything like bit by bit. And that's not, always necessarily true, especially if you don't have that familiarity with what you're eating and, and the background knowledge of actually tracking, getting to know what's in your food and what you're taking in. Well, that's the thing too. It's like, you don't know what you don't know, right? Like I, yeah. I've had, I've had so many clients come to me after their first week or two weeks of tracking and be like, like you'll never, you'll never believe like how many, how many grams of fat I've been eating or how much my, my, my favorite breakfast food is like 800 calories. And I've just been smashing that for three years. Like it's, it's unbelievable. Um, because you know, processed food does a great job of tasting amazing and hiding what's in it. And, uh, <laughs> if you don't, if you don't, if you don't have that knowledge, man, then you're, you're behind the gun or you're behind the, the eight ball and you don't even know it. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So, um, so one of the things that we wanted to cover today, obviously the 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 topic of today is can you be successful um, while not tracking? So that's going to be you know kind of the overarching theme. But there's obviously different levels that you have to go through, or that it's best to go through. You don't have to go through them, but it's obviously best practice to go through like certain stages. Um, and part of that is identifying when you are ready to go ahead and even just try intuitively eating. So I'll pose this question to both Mitch and Chris. Um, in your experience as coaches, um, when someone comes to you and says, I'd like to take a step back from tracking so much, it's just, it's it's too much for me right now, or, or I feel comfortable enough to go ahead and try this, uh, you know, kind of more intuitive approach. Um, what would be like your initial response? What kind of questions 
would you ask? What are you looking for as far as like progression into a more intuitive um, approach to nutrition? Well, you, you kind of touched on on one of those questions. The first thing I ask when someone comes to me and says, I want to try out intuitive eating, it's like, why? Like, why are you oh, wanting sure. to do that? Like, is um, is this for a diet break? Are you Are you feeling overwhelmed? Is your life so hectic right now that you're literally being pulled in so many directions that you don't have time, energy, resources to focus on this? And we need to shift that to the side so you can focus on other things. Or um, maybe it's a, a vacation uh, holiday. You're wanting to spend time with friends and family. You're wanna, wanting to be present, 100% present and kind of disconnect from your phone and um, and being locked in all the time. Or is this maybe like a kind of a trial period where you're looking for, am I capable of doing this? Do I have the knowledge, the skill set, the discipline to to leverage that? And once we once we have that question answered, um, then we can start picking an approach on, on what's going to work the best. Very cool. Chris. Mm -hmm. Um, there's a couple of different variables that I look for. For one, it's like kind of like the length of time that this client has been tracking the circumstances that they're in. Um, you know, how far along are we in reaching their goals? Like, have is this a person that's met their goals and now they're wanting to transition into intuitive eating to, that's a big to one. maintain their results? Or is the fat loss process been a bit longer than we had anticipated due to many variables um, in that person's life? And they just kind of need to take a break from it um, so that they're stepping away with a sense of like structure and intention and purpose with their nutrition and not just seeing not tracking as being a free for all to intuitively eat whatever you want, you know, cause we can all intuitively shovel anything into our mouths and call that intuitive eating. Yeah. Cause you're like, well, I, intu I intuitively wanted that. And so I'm going to intuitively eat it. So um, <laughs> it, it obviously depends on the skill set of the client, what they're willing to do, you know, what they're willing sure. to step away from and what they're willing to introduce, um, you know, so there is some trade-offs there. So, Multiple factors go into making that. Uh, but one of my one of my first processes is if we got a person that's like kind of like I'm getting tired of tracking or it's overwhelming or I just need to step away, I need to kind of like clear my brain. I absolutely advocate doing that because it's necessary. And basically what we'll do is we'll be like, hey, how about this week? You don't track one day. Like, let's start with that. Let's let's yep. ease into it rather than it being like this 180 where you're like all of a sudden you're tracking, and all of a sudden you're not. Right. So it's kind of like easing into that to just as they eased into tracking calories, right? You kind of, kind of got to ease out of it. Some people are more equipped to do that and just flip a switch and then other people need more work. So, yeah, yeah. that's, mm -hmm. I, I've had that. I mean, the transitioning off of tracking macros, that's exactly how I've worked with a couple of clients too. It's like you start one week and it's one day. If things go pretty well, you know, you still do those markers, you know, like maybe a weigh in, maybe some other, benchmark that you're keeping an eye on but you're, you always have your like your feelers out there you're, you're you're always like checking in on yourself so as you get more comfortable you can just take more and more days off and that i mean and you can even get you can even get more stone. you can even get more granular granular than that right like for some people a, a whole day might be too much maybe it's just one meal uh, one meal a week or and then mm -hmm. they graduate to a meal a day where they're like all right i'm going to intuitively eat breakfast and they have a general idea of what they're going to um what they're going to eat because right. because you spend all this time tracking 
um, you develop a, a kind of an autopilot, like you, you know what a good day of tracking looks like, right? Like mm-hmm. if, if you and I were to eat intuitively today, you could tell me about what you're going to have for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, because that Absolutely. knowledge base is there. Um, so even if you need to take a step back further than that, and it's not, it's not, doesn't have to be kind of a, an all at once, all or nothing sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. Um, so a client, you know, approaches you about, doing that about wanting to take a little bit of time off or maybe they're looking to just like totally stop tracking altogether. Um, there's a lot of strategies and a lot of different things that we can tell people to um, like work on in order to tune in to themselves a little bit more and rely less on the tracking, less on the MyFitnessPal or Macros First um, apps and things like that. So I I'm curious to know like some of the top tips that you give people. I know I have a few that I go to like every single time, but when someone wants to intuitively eat, what are some of the things that like you tell them? We'll go with Chris, I guess this first one. Um, what are some of the things that you give them to work on to start getting more familiar with their own like hung- hunger signals and things mm-hmm. like that? Well, there's a couple of things. So like if this person's used to eating in a structured manner, you know what I mean? Like they wake up, they have breakfast, lunch, dinner, and a snack or something like that. I advocate like sticking with those trends, the things that come natural and are easy. Uh, Cause again, if you have built in structure into your day, you're not stepping into each day, winging it or figuring it out as you go. Um, but the idea of tracking and then easing into intuitive tracking is that you have at least a certain level of confidence to know what choices are best. Um, so what I would recommend to clients is like, just do what you do and maybe like, maybe you walk away from the tracking part of it, but you're still using the scale, mm. right? Like you could still do that. Cause you that's still, not, are you talking about still weighing in still, or no, still like the food, food scale. So still using oh. your food scale to ensure that your portions are approximately what you want to do if you want a little more acuity there um, or accuracy rather. And then, um, or they can use the, you know, the hand measurement guide kind of thing, like keeping things simple, like one to two palms of protein, a cupped hand of starchy carbs, a fist size or two of vegetables or a fist size piece of fruit or palm size piece of fruit. And then one to two thumb sizes of fat and just kind of like giving them some broad scale thing. But a lot of clients technically kind of start to build out those meals already have a well-roundedness to them to where they just kind of just plate the protein, plate the carb, plate the fats, the fruits, veggies, and and they're off, you know? So basically my number one piece of advice is like stick to what's familiar, like stick to what you know. There's there's no more easier approach than sticking with what you already know. Don't reinvent the wheel. (laughs) Yeah. Improve, improve on it. Right. Um, that's that's kind of where my go-to, yeah. I love that. Mitch? Um, one of the biggest ones for me is that that folks continue to plan out their meals each day. Now, that doesn't mean you have to know exactly what you're going to eat, you know, down to the protein source and the carb source. But, like, have, have your meals set in a way that you know at, at 8 o'clock every morning, I'm going to get roughly a third of what I need to eat during the day, calorie-wise, knocked out. Because if you don't do that, there's a tendency to either make reactionary food choices when you look up and it's one o'clock and it's like, oh my God, I haven't eaten anything today. And you're going to be lazy about it. Most likely if yeah. you haven't been planning and you're going to grab something that's less than ideal, or you're going to end up grazing literally the entire day. And we see this happen on the weekends um, sometimes with clients as well, right? Yep. They, they're shooting the lights out Monday through Friday. That structure goes away. 
And all of a sudden it's just like their, their logs are just basically, it's just breakfast logged all day. Yep. Um, and, and it's very easy for things to get away from you when it's only a little bit, little bit, little bit, little bit. Um, another one that's, that's super important, um, especially when people are starting out is be really careful about meals out. Um, when you first kick things off, it's, there's, there's a tendency and it's intuitive eating for whatever reason has a tendency to be associated with that also means that I can, I can just go grab whatever I feel like um, a few days a week or through the weekend and that then bleeds into the weekdays. And the problem with that uh, is because those meals out are so calorie dense, um, they're made to taste amazing. They're not meant necessarily to be great for you. Uh, things can get can get out of control pretty quick. I generally recommend people as they start intuitive eating, start with maybe one, one meal out, one meal out a week yeah. and just see how you do, like see how your, your portion, um, your moderation and mindfulness kind of play out. And then the, and another one that's really big. And I've seen this with a lot of my alumni clients and I, I wanted to make sure to mention that, um, this in this podcast is my, the alumni clients that struggle the most, um, in their first couple months are the ones that still, um, consume alcohol in a way that they did when they fit it into their macros. Because when you lack that structure of I'm going to have X drinks, man, it's so easy for that to fall off. And that is that can be such a hang up for people where the rest of their macros are actually looking pretty great, but they're not realizing how many calories they're drinking. And that kind of that also falls into um, how important it is to, to continue to eat your calories. That's going to make that's going to make you're more full and satisfied between meals. And those little those little sneaky 100, 200 calorie um instances where you're, you're grabbing a quick drink, you grab an orange juice or whatever. Yeah. Um, they add up, man. They add up real quick. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. The, the drinking one is, I mean, drinking and eating out is those are two huge ones. You know, we, we see that a lot. What do you say, or like, how do you get people to, um, like refocus on that, especially with drinks? Like I find that that's one of the hardest things for people to, to grasp, you know, like, do you shoot them with the science? Do you, you know, do you try to give them like alternate ideas? Like, and I guess, Chris, if, if you have anything on this too, this is a great topic, you know, new year, people are trying to get their, their uh, stuff together, you know? So, um, yeah. How do you get clients to really kind of focus in on, on the drinks? Um, step one is tracking them, right. Becoming aware of that. Cause a lot of people are like, Oh, well I'm, I'm starving. Or whatever, like uh, all I had today was like a muffin and a coffee, you know what I mean? <laughs> but that coffee isn't yeah. just a coffee. That coffee is a a latte that's 100 to 200 calories or some crazier, uh, you know, scaled up drink that has sure. three to 500 calories in it possibly. And you have no idea. You just, you that's your coffee, right? And so knowing what those things are and then make, making adaptations to them. Uh, one of my strengths um, and the thing that really locked in my understanding of being able to enjoy things at a frequency which aligns with my nutritional goals of sustaining a calorie deficit and all those things and enjoying these things so I'm not creating a sense of like uh, scarcity or being too rigid with my diet is fitting in the things that I love every single day but finding ways to make those things so that they're macro friendlier and that's kind of a loose term but generally what that means to me is that it means that it's higher in protein, a little more moderate in carbs and like lower in fat. So most can kind of fit them into the structure of their macros, sure, depending, yeah. right? So what it is essentially taking like something decadent, like a, uh, let's say a brownie, right? 
and that would be like a 500 calorie brownie or something like that. But if you change the ingredients in which that brownie is composed of, you can shave back calories while still maintaining texture, taste, decadence, hitting that like scratching that itch, I call it. Like you've got a, a tempting thing you want, you know, and then learning to fit that in and then realizing, oh, I could eat this daily if I wanted or a couple times a week. So then when you cross that imaginary line into the weekend, all bets aren't off. Like, oh my God, I'm finally going to be able to eat all the things I haven't allowed myself to eat this weekend. And then people wonder why uh, the cycle of kind of restrict binge or whatever happens. Right. So to me, the biggest tool was like learning how to fit these things in. So, but when it comes to like calorie drinks and stuff like that, you know, if you like having a Coke every day and that's your jam, maybe try a diet Coke. Or a Coke Zero. Like Coke Zeros are my jam. I love Coke Zero. I love Dr. Pepper Zero. Cherry Dr. Pepper Zero. Oh my God. Cherry Dr. Pepper Zero. So good. (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) And you're just loving this thing and you're like, there's no calories in this. And I freaking love it, right? You could pound those all day long if you wanted. Um, But, you know, it's all in a matter of dosage too. You know, there's people have concerns about, you know, um, alternate sugars and things like that yeah. sweeteners, but yep. that's, we'll save that for another podcast. But, um, ultimately, yeah, you're, you're, you're getting the pleasure, you're hitting the pleasure center without consuming the calories. And so it's just a, it's an equal direct swap out and you can do that every day or just a couple times a week and see how easy it kind of gets. Right. Or switching that latte, that heavy calorie latte for something that is, uh, maybe has almond milk instead of whole milk, right? There's some calorie shaving going on there. Uh, go with sugar-free syrup, right? Oh, instead sugar-free of full syrup sh- is such a is such a great hack. Yeah, right. Get a vanilla latte, sugar-free with some oat milk, whatever. Like keep that low, but still keep the flavor profile there. You sure. know. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. Love it. I would say, yeah. It's about it's about it's about compromise, isn't it? Really, I mean, yeah. instead of instead of like the the 600 calorie blueberry muffin from uh, from Starbucks or whatever, like look up a look up a decent recipe online like we make a um here at home we make like a, a carrot muffin that has protein powder in it and like there it it does scratch that itch like texturally like the cinnamon and the nutmeg and like all you get that kind of almost carrot cake experience uh without having to worry about completely nuking your numbers for the day or setting yourself back or um having to go without right like cuz it, it because I, and I, I also see this a lot with clients is if you, if you try and restrict too much, you're going to push yourself and push yourself and push yourself. And that's, that's, you can maintain that pace for a while, but eventually the the dam's going to break. And when it breaks, boy, does it break. Uh, and then, and then yeah. you, then you feel like a failure. It's like, Oh, like, you know, I had this plan and now I've, I've wrecked it and um, it's just not necessary. You just need to, you just need to ease off the gas a little bit. You can still yeah. enjoy yourself without going nuts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard to find that balance at first. Oh, one of the things that, you know, with it being the new year, one of the things, the themes that I have come across is um, people want to stop drinking alcohol so much, you know? Um, and, you know, for a lot of people, dry January is a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I've had to work with quite a few people trying to figure out hacks to kind of like cut back on their alcohol consumption and one of the things that I um, have found success with is for every glass or, I mean, every drink that you have, you know, first of all, like lay out what you're going to have, set forth a plan, you know, um, and then after every drink you have, have a glass of water. That's a you great know? one. 
spread it out a little bit. And then obviously like with, um, alcohol with, with the drinking, the, the thing that happens is the dehydration, you just get so dehydrated and you, you're, you're a mess the next day, you know? So, so putting glass of water in there kind of like starts to kind of counteract that it's not as severe, you know, but you're also like filling up on water, you know, and continuing to hydrate and drink water like throughout your day, no matter what, whether you're drinking alcohol or not is another big uh, component of um, living like a healthy lifestyle and something that we promote. Um, so it's an, so it's a way to kind of like double down, you know, you can still have the things that you enjoy and be reasonable about it. Um, but you're also breaking it up. You're not just like going like one, you know, one drink after the other. Um, mm-hmm. And that's been um, pretty uh, a successful way to kind of like balance it out. Um, yeah, that's so, a good one, man. And like, you can, you can also like to build on that a little bit. I found that the, the experience of drinking, um, soda water or carbonated water mm-hmm. can actually kind of mimic that same, that same sort of fizzy. Yeah, um, for sure. I'll, 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 I'll actually order a, or just order it in a bottle. So I've got something in my hand, right? Like I'm yeah. not just sitting there with like a glass of tap water. Like I've got a bottle in my hand, put a, a squeeze of lime in it. And like, you have something that's a bit more interesting and you still feel like you're, I don't know, participating in, yeah. in, in the social, right? A um, lot of it's social. It is man. such yeah. a social thing. It is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great point too. Yeah. Just getting some seltzer water, have some, make it a bit more fun. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's an interesting thing in those social instances, cause it is just really a, uh, everyone else has something in their hand. Shouldn't I, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, mm-hmm. you don't want to be the odd person out without their hands full or something in the hand. And so, yeah. And the cool thing about a lot of what you just recommended, Mitch, is that the, you know, the sparkling seltzer water, the non-alcoholic drink, you know, I mean, that's always an option too, right? You know, you have the option to say you're the designated driver uh, or (laughs) anyone in your circle of friends would be none the wiser if you showed up drinking a Shirley Temple or whatever, or like a non-alcoholic yeah, sure. version of a beverage, right? Yep. Or seltzer water or whatever. So, um, and even in making better choices with alcohol too, is that, you know, not adding additional calories into the alcohol intake itself by having these crazy mixed cocktails that come with a lot of sugary yeah. additives to it. So like sticking to something as simple as like a vodka diet, Coke and lime, right? Like that's right. the only calories in that are literally from the vodka, you yeah. know? And so you're sparing those calories as well. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a good that's a good call on that for sure. So, um going back to um getting back to actual the food, like the actual uh, actual like substance, you know, like people are intuitively eating, they want to take that mindful approach. <clears throat> um when it comes to actual food choices, you know, we recommended that people kind of keep to what they were doing before. You know, same sort of meal, same sort of structure. Um but is there like for me, I'm a, I'm a big proponent. I mean, I'm sure we all are of, of keeping protein intake high because protein intake keeps you satiated, um, keeps your metabolic rate, you know, higher. If you're working out a lot, recovery gets better, of uh, you know, muscle, yeah, muscle fatigue and muscle recovery gets better. It's, 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 it's just like a, it's a, everybody wins. You eat more yeah. protein, everybody yeah. wins. Um, yeah. muscle so that, preservation and support. There you go. Right. Like, I love yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's, there's those aspects and I'm a big proponent of that, you know, encouraging people to continue to eat, uh, plenty of protein if they're going to take this intuitive route. Um, but, um, what are some other things that you kind of like coach people along with, you know, um, what about like, uh, like volume based foods? Are, do you guys like talk about that at all? Um, what do you advise for, for that kind of thing? Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so 
we we have like probably eight to ten meals that are on rotation uh, at, at my house and my partner is pescatarian so it definitely doesn't hurt that a lot of our stuff is veggie based but the 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 base for every dinner and dinner is generally our most calorie dense meal even when sure. we're intuitively eating uh the base is just so many vegetables and we try and keep them as high as possible with like lots of mushrooms and things like that but if you were to if you were to take if you were to take the um the entirety of the plate and stick it or the entirety of the bowl and stick it sorry the entirety of what's being cooked and stick it on a plate sure you you would see a lot more veggies in there than anything else and um i think there's a misconception that it's a ton of work to to incorporate veggies into your kind of day-to-day life and there's a little bit of work up front but if you're willing to do a bulk prep and when I when I say bowl prep, I don't I was like, I'm not talking like four hours. I'm talking about like an hour and a half of like you and your partner or just like you by yourself, jamming to some good music, just chopping things up, putting it into separate containers so that literally when it's when it's time to eat in the evening, you grab Tuesday's peppers with the mushrooms and the onions, you toss it in, you add your protein that hopefully you've prepped before as well. And it's mm-hmm. it takes it takes 15 minutes max. Yeah. And there's a there's also a misconception that that everyone is so starved for time but yeah you know what i mean but it's yeah. it's if if you if you take a look at your priorities what are what's most important to you and the amount of time that you have waking time that you have allocated to to do those things i, I promise you there's 15 minutes in there to cut up some veggies i, pr- I promise i promise <laughs> yeah <laughs> totally chris anything to add it's pretty solid. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I think you. Yeah, you covered that. I'll I'll just let that stand, Mitch. I think that's yeah, great. that's good. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. So, let me ask you guys this question: Do you think that intuitive eating is a solid strategy for weight loss? Ooh, that's a good. That's a good question. That's a, good that's question, a tough right? question. It is tough. It's an interesting uh, question because is it as a standalone thing or in compared to? something else right i would say compared right. to yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah i mean if someone okay. just compared to tracking compared yeah <laughs> we can do both compared to tracking yeah. do you think it's a solid weight loss strategy or if someone is just like i'm going to intuitively eat and i'm going to lose weight that's my mm-hmm. goal i want to lose weight so i'm going to intuitively eat i think it, de- it depends on their their knowledge base right mm-hmm. like uh, the average joe that that doesn't have a background or knowledge on on what what makes up certain foods, uh, protein, carbs, fats, all that good stuff and, and portions, um, they're going to struggle. They're going to yeah. struggle. Agreed. And I mean, that's what we talked about earlier. It's like when you're able to to leverage that knowledge and those routines and those habits, intuitive eating is a much more straightforward prospect. Yeah. But when you don't have that, that background knowledge, man, that's a, that's a big ask. It's a big ask of anybody. Mm-hmm. Totally. Chris. Hmm. I think what was the question again? I'm sorry. I just is, listened to Mitch. <laughs> is intuitive eating a solid weight loss strategy? Solid weight loss strategy. So yeah. yes, I think it depends on the individual, uh, their background and where they're coming from. If this is a person that has tried multiple things, you know, and coming into this new world, um, then maybe it'll work. Maybe it'll work for a little while. Right. Yeah. Like I think, cause there's always that point, but I think 
anybody has the capacity to, no matter what they are currently doing, I think most people can become more aware of just eating a little more protein, being aware of that, and including some more fruits and veggies in at least two of their meals. And instead of worrying about what they're removing from their diet or what they're trying to say is allowed or not allowed, because we know all foods are allowed in in a well-rounded diet Mm -hmm. uh, for sustainable purposes and just psychologically, you know, um, but you can start to implement more of the good stuff, the better stuff that is going to have more of a long-term sustainable effect in terms of what Mitch said, which is sustainability, satiety, enjoyment of your diet, uh, the quality of your food and your choices and getting more of the good stuff in is almost like a precursor to allowing some of the not so good stuff go, or at least maybe observing the relationship that you have with those foods, which can then implement a new perspective uh, and behavior around certain foods that brings more of an awareness uh, to hunger cues, to emotional eating, eating out of boredom, eating because everyone else in the room is eating, all these other factors that come into play that affect one individual's nutrition, right? Uh, and so, I, I, yeah, I'm a big advocate for just starting to to intuitively get more of the good stuff in, you know? Yeah. I mean, you know, just like grandma said, eat your fruits and vegetables, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's an old, age-old advice, and it, yeah. it still stands today, you know? Yeah, Chris, that's, that's spot on, man. Like, you, you have to set that groundwork. Because yeah. if the found if the foundation's shaky, like you're you're not going to get very far. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Like I mean, like you were saying earlier, like I intuitively ate all <laughs> of those cookies. You know, or like yeah. I, you know, I I was hungry. You're, you're acting on that like initial urge, you know, to like mm. you know, like oh, I'm, I'm I'm hungry and I need to eat right now. And I, I think that something people something that people do often is that they that's like an emergency. They think that they're in an emergency situation. Like oh, all of yeah. a sudden, if they're hungry and they have to eat right now and they have to eat all of it, whatever it is, you know, and it's like, if you just slow things down a little bit and you just like, uh, you know, uh, uh, one of my, this is actually a tip or something that a client shared with me. I didn't even share it with them. And it's brilliant. Um, when they were getting hungry, they would say, I'll, oh, I'll eat in two, I'll just eat in two minutes. And they would just tell themselves that. And more often than not, in two minutes, they would probably be doing something else mm-hmm. and they either totally forgot about what it was they were thinking about in the first place or they literally like weren't hungry anymore and they just like continued on living their life. So if you like, you know, take that pause, you know, that can be a really um, benef- uh, beneficial like tactic to like getting around some of those hunger cues and avoiding, you know, the urge to intuitively, quotations, mm-hmm. intuitively eat, you know, something that really doesn't fit your um you know, your, your goals are, it's not aligned with uh, your goals, I should say. Yeah. Um, I think small. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. ahead. Well, I was just going to comment on the small pause is seems like such a little thing, but it can have such a dramatic effect on your ability to react negatively to that initial um, trigger, whatever it is, or respond positively. Sure. Right. Which is maybe saying you're going to wait two minutes, maybe saying, do I really want that cookie? Maybe I'll eat an apple instead. And if I still want that cookie after I eat that apple, at least I put it like a barrier between me and that cookie. That's and right. cause if you're truly hungry, right. Don't you want to fix that problem? Yeah. Instead of reaching right. for something that's only going to put a, a temporary bandaid on it and then have you in the same place 30 minutes later, that's right. you know, cause it just yeah. ran right through you or you that's just right. 
pop something in your mouth that was so quick to eat. Whereas an apple is a little more, you get a bite, you got to chew. It's fibrous. It yeah, takes energy. It. Like some, it. some people are exhausted after eating an apple, right? Eat a big yeah. ass salad. Talk about pumping up the volume. Eat a big volume of salad yeah. that takes you 30 minutes to eat. Last thing I'm thinking about after that is food. <laughs> so <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's what I tell my clients is, is like, you got to get ahead of the problem before you allow it to be one mm. period. Ooh. Like that's what this is. It's good. It's don't make no mess. Won't be no mess. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, And that's kind of like, kind of what I, I ascribe to, you know, yeah. and just, yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. a great, that's a great saying. I love that. <laughs> yeah. I think that, um, intuitive eating is, uh, yeah. If the, if the base isn't there, if the foundation isn't there, like we talked about in the very beginning, it's, um, it's an uphill battle, you know, yeah, um, it's I, I do think that, um, intuitive eating is an excellent, um, maintenance strategy. I think that if you're going to come in and, and, and diet and your goal is to lose weight and that's, that's fantastic. You get down, you know, really like, you know, uh, What'd you say, Mitch? What's the word you use? Granular. You really yeah. get into the you know nuts and bolts of tracking and like figuring out what's in the food that you're eating and what's going to get you to your goals. And and you work through that for a little while, and you're like, yeah, sweet. You know, I'm down 15 pounds, and I feel great. And I just want to remain here. You can use that knowledge that you've gained in the months or weeks previous to you know, like Chris was saying, like you can still use the scale to kind of like check in on yourself, but don't use my fitness power, whatever. Don't, don't do that, you know? And then like you, Mitch, like you said, continue to plan your day as you were. Don't change it, you know? You feel great. You look great. You know what foods got you there because you did all the work. So just continue to do that and maybe sprinkle in some, some treats or, you know, go out for a meal with your family or some friends, you know, every now and then. But if that's your base, like you're going to have a much easier time maintaining all that progress that you just got and you're also intuitively eating. So it's a really nice way to like maintain the um, progress in my Yeah, opinion. you're just you're just taking it you're just taking that winning formula, right? And you're yeah. you're tweaking it slightly so that you've got a little bit um, a little bit more flexibility and a little less rigidity. And you can still take that that base um, that base that brought you to that success and carry right. it forward. Right. hundred percent. That's great. Well um do we have any uh, closing words for the listeners, gang? I mean, we did a pretty good job, I think, of covering the intuitive eating and being successful without tracking. Um, anything mm-hmm. else that has come up on your guys' minds that you wanted to uh, share? Anything like that? Well, you guys had a great podcast on goal setting, so that's all knocked out yeah. for 2023. <laughs> 2023. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, I, I'd say, I'd say parting words, and this is especially, this is especially, uh, pertinent for people who have been tracking it for a really long time. Mm. And I feel this as a coach because I help people through their journeys. And like, with that comes a lot of confidence and like your confidence can very quickly turn into your weakness. Um, when it comes to the intuitive approach, like it's very easy to fool yourself into thinking, man, I've, I'm, I'm a pro at this. I've got this under control. Like I'm going to have that brownie because I know how to pull it back. I know I am. I am the guy. (laughs) And if you say I'm the guy too much, but you still shove the brownie in your face, you start to shift away from becoming the guy 
and it's harder and harder to get back. So like that self-assuredness is great, but don't, don't fall into the trap of saying, I can always start tracking. I can always start, I can always turn this back around because that's a very slippery slope as a very slippery slope. That's yeah. Great. Great advice there, Chris, anything that's pretty solid. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Um, I think just the big takeaway since uh, sticking with the topic of like intuitiveness and all that is just understanding that like it takes some work to get there. Um, again, like we said, the off, uh, at the beginning of the podcast, it is an earned thing. So, uh, you know, don't feel frustrated that you can't jump right to it because it is a learned thing. And the, and the, um, analogy that I like to use and wag uses, and I think multiple coaches have kind of used this analogy is that, um, tracking your calories and your macros is the training wheels on the bicycle while learning to ride the bicycle and intuitive eating is the ability to kick those training wheels off the bike and use what you learned while having the assistance and the guidance to keep you upright and square to be able to do that on your own using the skill set and the knowledge gained through that process. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of the simplest way to put it. Right. And so nobody tries to just jump on a bike without the training wheels, at least maybe these days, kids are crazy these days, but <laughs> I think we all had training wheels. Right. Yeah. So uh, everyone's yeah. got to kind of start somewhere and, uh, and we're all going to have different uh, levels of acuity and skill set and knowledge and a willingness to try new things. So, um, and it kind of just uh, goes back to what I always say, which is like, you know, remain curious uh, about your uh, your capabilities and what you're capable of. You know, yeah. always because you'll 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 be the first to surprise yourself. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. that's great, man. That's Love great, it. great, yeah. Well, gang, um, thank you so much for listening today uh, to this episode of the uh, Inside Wag Nutrition Podcast. Uh, Mitch, thank you very much for coming on. Really appreciate it. was a pleasure, it. man. Yeah, yeah, it's always always lovely to talk to you, outstanding yeah. gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, if you want to work with Mitch or myself or Chris or anyone else that works for Working Against Gravity and you want to get your diet in check and, you know, you know, get things rolling, maybe work your way into an intuitive way of eating like we just talked about, um, please check us out at workingagainstgravity.com. Uh, there's a ton of great resources uh, on the site. We have a blog that has a ton of wonderful free information. We have a, a certification. We have one-on-one -on -one coaching. We have a lot of things going on there. So please check us out if you're interested. Um, and we will talk to you guys next time. So long. Take care, everyone. Yeah.